Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Today we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and uh, we are going to look at what transpired in the life of David right before he became king. He was anointed to be king in his teens, but it wasn't until he was 30 years old that he actually took the throne. And in our, our, our lives and journeys, there's a place of calling, but then there's a place of fulfillment, and they're not always, they don't always happen at the same time. And you kind of think that, you know, this is great David. He immediately, you know, God anointed him. He became king. No, David went through some stuff before he stepped into his position. But here's the last thing that, that happened in his life before this final transition. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. The writer says, now it happened. In a few verses, we're going to be introduced to that it. But what I want you to understand today and, 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 and really get in your heart and your mind is that I don't care how revved up, how faithed up, how prayed up you are, we're all going to have it moments. Why? Because it happens. I'm clean up your imaginations just a little bit. That's a Bible verse. It happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day. These guys had been marching for days, miles, and they're dirty and they're tired. For the last decade plus, uh, King Saul had been hunting David like he was an animal and uh, spreading nasty rumors about him. It was just a whole mess. And, and the promise of becoming a king to David seemed totally out of reach. At this point in David's life and, and, and ministry, he was at a place of extreme mental, emotional, and even physical fatigue and perhaps even exhaustion. And then when he got to this place of extreme weariness, again, years had passed, the promise did not come to pass, the existing king is, is trying to kill him all the time, and it's just a, it's just a constant drag and drip. But in this, 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 this terrible hour, actually the bottom drops out, and it happened. We will all have to fight through the worst days of our lives to get to the best days of our lives. But here's the deal. So far, everybody in this room survived 100% of your worst days. Or you wouldn't be here. So this too shall pass. Well, the Amalekites, an old enemy, had invaded the south and attacked Ziklag and burned it with what? Fire. This was really an act of revenge. David defeated them a few chapters earlier, and they're still mad about it, and they're seething about it. And, and now David's out, actually. He's, he's messing around with the Philistines, which he, which he shouldn't be doing. Actually, he, he's, he's, he's running with the Philistines at this point. This is how backslidden David became. But how many of you ever had a blast from the past? I mean, something you thought was way behind you, just kind of show up and surprise you and try to mess up everything you built <laughs> since you last saw them. You see, our past mistakes are meant to guide us, but not define us. 
And these Amalekites had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. So here's the deal. David comes home. He's just been rejected by the Philistines. And again, how low can you go that, again, he, you know, remember Goliath was a Philistine? This guy actually started running with the Philistines and was, was doing all types of bad stuff with them. And, and he pulls up, and then he goes into the front door, and, and, and he hears no noise. His wife is gone. His children are gone. His, his, all his possessions are, are, are absolutely gone. Everything he's on is gone. But then this next verse, it's a really inconspicuous little statement, but it's really everything. It says, but they did not kill anyone. Everything that could have possibly gone wrong had gone wrong in David's life. But his only con- con- consolation, his, his only comfort was that nobody died today. Ever have a day like that? The, the only consolation, at least I'm still alive, at least... Nobody died. But in those moments, you got to learn not just to focus on what you lost, but also learn to focus on what you have left. And that's what the situation forced David to do. Go to Job 2 and 6. And I want you to hear what the Lord said to Job. And the Lord said to, actually to Satan, speaking of Job, behold, he's in your hand but spare his life. As scary as Satan's power and as scary as as he is, he still has limits. And in my life, I don't always know exactly where God's going to draw the line because I don't know that private conversation sometimes going on between the adversary and God. But but I do believe, I don't believe anything Nietzsche says, but one thing I do believe, there's one statement I do cling to, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. And this was the truth with David, because my Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, it says this, it says, no temptation, not a one. I mean, not, not even 1% of 100, none, no temptation has ever overtaken you except that which is what? Common to man. Meaning there are no unique temptations, though the devil will try to convince you that you're the only one. Nobody's ever been through what you've been through. No one's married to nobody like you married to. No one has a background like I have. No one has a child. You know, you're the only one. But here's what, what I want you to understand. Stuff happens to everybody and everyone. Every temptation is just a variation of the same old thing, the same old stuff. It may come in a different size box, maybe different wrapping paper with a different type of bow on the top, but it still has all the same content. It's all the same stuff. It's a little bit different. Maybe color a little bit differently, packaged, but it's the same stuff. So what David's gone through, you're going through. And if David had a day like this, though he's the sweet psalmist of Israel, perhaps it might not exempt you from a fruit challenging days. But, but here's what the story's about. It's not about the trouble. It's about how to get over the trouble. So, so let, let's, let's keep reading. In 1 Corinthians, he says, Note that David has overtaken you, said what's coming, but God is what? Faithful. He's my only hope. He's your only hope in trouble. Second uh, Timothy 2 and 13 says, if we are faithless, 
God remains faithful. Why? For he can't even deny himself. Meaning God would have to become someone else not to be faithful. Do you understand? God would have to have a personality change and just go crazy in his head not to be faithful because that's who he is. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. So God is faithful. It's his nature. He'd have to modify his very nature to let us down when it comes to the things he promised. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted. Watch this. This, this verse is frustrating me a little bit at times. Beyond what you are able. <laughs> because God obviously sees more in me than I see in myself. <laughs> But I've learned over the years, if I'm in it, I must have what it takes to get through it because he will not allow me to be tempted above that which I'm able, but with a temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it, meaning God will show you the way out, and he'll give you the strength to hang in there until you see it and recognize it. See, sometimes, see, you know, if you like... I'm like, Lord, I can't take it no more. And God's like, well, I, I'm glad you're telling me what you feel. But let me tell you the truth. If I brought you to it, I'll get you through it. Boy, hang in there and keep trusting me. Anybody worship the same God? Am I the only one with a God like that? Yeah. I love him, but sometimes he gets on my nerves. He sure does. He sure does. We want to tell you about something new that we're really, really excited about. It's Live Big Magazine. Live Big Magazine is a free quarterly magazine featuring premium articles from Derek Greer and other expert contributors. It's all designed to help you live bigger in key areas of your life, such as faith, business, mental health, parenting, and a whole lot more. The good news is that it's absolutely free with no strings attached. We'll even pay for shipping. All you have to do is go to DerekGreer.com slash magazine. That's DerekGreer.com slash magazine to claim your free subscription today. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's teaching. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 2. It says, but they did not kill anyone, but carried them away, and they went their, their way. So by the time David came back to camp, there was absolutely nothing left. But whenever you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. And, and, and again, I don't like what I'm preaching today, but I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth about our God. No one wants to be in a zigzag moment. You've got to be out of your mind to desire a moment like this. But we discover this is what kings are made out of. All right, stay with me. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken. David could see the smoke, you know, from, from, from a distance, and, and it was kind of like if you ever uh, saw the police on the block, and you're wondering whose house they're at, and you try, whoa, what's going on? Or maybe a, a smoke coming up, and, and it's in your neighborhood, and, and the closer you're like, that can't be my house. That better not be my house, and, and this is what's going on in, in all the, 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 the men's minds. And, uh, uh, but, but here, again, as tough as Ziklag was, David couldn't go around Ziklag. He couldn't tunnel under Ziklag. He couldn't go over Ziklag. The only thing he could do was go through Ziklag with God. And again, I don't like Ziklags. 
Matter of fact, I feel like I just went through one. You hear what I'm saying? And some of y'all are in one right now. That's why I'm in this text today, to show you how to get out and how to get to the other side. Verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. The situation was so painful that these, these are hardened soldiers. These are guys, you know, blood and gut guys. These are guys that killed people. These are guys that raided villages. These, these are tough, hardened men, and they broke down like little babies. These guys are, are weeping, and the reality is sometimes all you can do is cry. That, that's, that's, that's all you can do. And in your zigzag moments, you will have moments you really don't have anything deep to say. All you can do is weep. You know, holding back your tears is not always a sign of strength. It's the ability to carry on in spite of them. That is, with tears in my eyes, I keep walking, I keep pursuing, I keep, Lord, help me keep doing the right thing. It said, they lifted up their voice and wept till they had no more power to weep. This, this was not manufactured ex, uh, uh, offense. This was not manufactured pain. This was not theoretical. This was not hypothetical. This was not academic. This was not, you know, you know I, I have a little pain and angst in my mind. No, th- this is the pain that the worst day of your life is made out of. And these men wept until they were exhausted. They wept like you when you were a kid and, 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 and back when we were allowed to get spankings and and you just, you know, and that's. <laughs> Grown men, hardened warriors, scars on their face, scars on their body. All throughout the camp, everybody. And David was leading these discouraged men. Said in David's two wives, Ehonim and the Jezreelite and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. So this was not just a political or military crisis, but this was a deeply personal crisis. It was one thing to be with others in their difficult times, but when it happens to you, it's something else. And all this that went on, the Bible says, now David was greatly, not just a little bit, greatly distressed. We talk about something getting under a person's skin. When he was 17 and fresh, you know, like he defeated the lion and the bear, he took a sling and he defeated Goliath. But this time, the giant he was facing was even bigger. You see, the biggest obstacles we'll face in life are not a person, not a financial situation. It's not a a circumstance. It's not even the devil. The biggest obstacles in life are the discouragement that these things bring. And David was discouraged and, and, and David was distressed. But, you know, I've read a little bit about history and I know my Bible just just a little bit. And I've learned that the greatest accomplishments in history were were, were, were done by the weary, by the disappointed, and by hurting people like you and me that just wouldn't quit. And David was in the same situation. 
So he was distressed over what happened, but to add insult to injury, all his men had turned on him. For the, the, the men or the people spoke of, spoke of stoning him. Now, before David met these men, all these guys were nobodies. The Bible said they were indebted, said that they were distressed, they were discontented. And David embraced them despite of where they came from, and, and he made them into what the Bible calls the me, mighty men of, of valor. But the most heartbreaking thing about betrayal is it only comes from friends. And by def definition, it can't come from your enemies. So his boon coons, the, the guys that, that, that he had been with, and they told stories at the fire, and they laughed together, and raising kids together, turned on them. They spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for their own sons and, and daughters, all fingers pointed at David. And the thing about leadership is it may not be your fault, but it's still your responsibility. As, as, as a parent, you know, it may not be, but, but you're responsible for that child. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And people sometimes want the parade of leadership, but don't want these, the, the, the battle and, and these moments when you're at wit's end trying to sort it out. Lord, what do I do? Lord, hold me together so I can help hold your people together. But unlike the other men, this is what separates the great, the great from the nominal or the average. In this moment, the other men turned on David. But here we see David turn to God. Mm -hmm. I'm watching this across the nation, people turning on the church, turning on their heritage of faith. Instead of turning to him, they're turning against, and the blogs are vicious and mean because they hadn't learned the secret of David. We will all face our zigzags. And in those moments, people will turn on you and do things that they ought not do. But if you turn to God like David, you can get to the other side. I said, but David strengthened himself. I love it when folks are with me. Man, it's such a joy when folks are supporting me. But some miles, I got to walk alone. And there will be miles in your journey that by God's design, there's no one with pom-poms to cheer you on. There's no one to celebrate you. There's no one saying you can do this. But in that moment is the making of a king. God was at work in his man. And in your case, some of your cases, this is woman. God will always give you what it takes. But sometimes it will take everything you got. And sometimes that has surprised me about this journey because I thought, you know what, I just say a prayer and I become a Christian. Done. But then I had some days it took everything in me to stay on the right path. I thought I was more than that, you know, until I had some of them days 
Well, I feel like I'm hanging on by a string. Lord, if you don't help me, Lord, I'm not going to make it. Lord, I can't do it without your strength and without your aid, without your help, God. Some days will take everything in you to get to the other side of them. But again, that's what kings are made of. But David didn't turn on folk. He turned to God, strengthened himself in the Lord his. I, I don't know about everybody else's God. But in times of trouble, I find that my God is faithful. Closest friends turned. Wife gone. Children gone. Possessions gone. Admiration gone. Status gone. Some of his own sanity seemed to be leaking out and gone. But when you can't turn anywhere else, know you can always turn to the Lord. When we can, God still can. You got to know that. You got to know that. You got to know that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And David said to the priest, Abiathar, he said, bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Now, since we didn't live in this time, that's kind of, what's that? But in the ephod, they carried the Urim and the Thummim. And those were the instruments that the priests used to hear from God. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.